Welcome to the Watchtower Podcast, your number one podcast for film reviews from the great Tower Productions and the Towercast Network. I am your temporary and or uh, knockoff host, Michael Delo. There you go. Uh, joined by Ooh. my tantalizing, amazing crew, amazing partners in crime. We've got John Eric Castro giving you an actor's perspective. You can't cheat, bribe, or squirm your way out of this one. Amazing, amazing. Look at him. He's <laughs> acting now. We got Christian Yokomoto Medina, who makes amazing posters and is giving us just the overall perspective on film appreciation. Hello, Yoko. Oh, hello, fellows of Belettes. There we go. We have the one, the only, the single Austin Young joining us today. (laughs) 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 Making sure we're sounding good and ladies. This is, guys, this is our last Watchtower of 2020. We, we did it. We, we've done a thing. It's 2020. We made it. We, the Watchtower has officially survived its first pandemic. I can't wait for round two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been kind of crazy, guys. And we're closing off this year of film appreciation with a nice holiday special. The Netflix, um, Netflix, why does that sound weird? Netflix. Klaus, Klaus, I have a lot to kind of share with you guys as far as like the making of it. I think uh, with animated films, what's kind of special is that we we talk about the actors, the directors, the lighting department and all that. But when it comes to animated film, you can talk about the voice actors, but really everything else is done behind the scenes, animating, the years spent in preparation. It's, it's a big team effort. And even though it's a film, it, it takes on a whole different life as far as like how to put it all together. But um. Before we get into these facts, uh, how about we go around? You can say, how was your holiday? And also, what'd you think of the movie? Uh, Castro, I don't know if you want to kind of kick it off. Uh, my holidays, my Christmas was okay. I'm not a big Christmas guy. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Ain't that the holiday spirit? <laughs> Ain't that the spirit? <laughs> I'm one of those guys, I guess. That's fine. That's fine. And what'd you think of the movie? Claus is pretty cool, man. I, I read somewhere before seeing the movie that you're supposed to see it without knowing too much about it. Right. And I don't know much about St. Nicholas, but I like how they gave you a different perspective of like Mm -hmm. how the whole fairy tale came about in a more modern way. Yeah. Modern yet kind of old, kind of nostalgic. It was just interesting mix. Yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yoko, did you have, uh, um, what is it? A fantastic Christmas and or movie watching. Which Oh, it was super fantastic. You have no idea how it is. How you go First Christmas with a crying baby. Oh, damn. Uh, I tell you, uh, wrapping paper and bows solve everything, right, Yoko? Yeah, <laughs> you could say that, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. It was, it was chill because obviously pandemic. Uh, hopefully a lot of you people uh, kept, kept that's that true. in mind. That's true, man. Guys kept it at least down to like five family members, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, 20 if you count twice, but... <laughs> hey, at least... Okay. <laughs> It was good. Uh, and, but, and the film uh, and the film itself man I, I love this movie I, I remember last year when it came out uh, like I didn't really want to see it because I thought it was just going to be like a, a normal run of the mill kind of like Christmas what? And, did and you see the trailer? I, I, no actually no I, I, I did not oh okay okay because the trailer <laughs> I, got me I, I just saw the, yeah. like, the picture of it Oh, okay. I thought that was going to be a normal like Netflix type yeah. of Yeah, it's another one you know? of the holiday specials you throw out for kids, right? That exactly. like something they can watch. That's what I thought. That's the first thought for sure. A little bit I know that I, I ended up watching it with my wife. And by the end, I was tearing up. 
That, that, that movie's really Dude, good. I teared up twice, and I'm, I want yeah. you guys to guess which parts. Um, uh, the first they, one made me choke up, and the second one for sure just started bawling. Okay, I'm guessing the first one is when they uh, daddy sent him out of the house, and he had to become a real mailman. Like that <laughs> that gets everybody <laughs> teared up, right? Oh, Adult yeah, responsibility. Really no, I want I want to guess. Um, the first one made me choke up, so that's a little bit of a hint. Well, I think. Is it the one when he was talking like that little girl or something like that? Or they were like, I, I know the one that what? got. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. But the first one enough? when uh, he decides to make the toys and Klaus doesn't want to. But then he goes in because of the whole. Oh, thing. yeah. That oh, yeah. Fun. With the little boat that kind of rafted that he makes for the, for the yeah, little yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, moment, sorry. that's the first one yeah, that kind of choked me up. Mm. And the second one, dude. Oh, when Klaus dies, it's like a. Uh, was it the family flashback? No, it it's when um, he's about to leave in the boat. And the little girl comes in the little ski. See, that little girl. <laughs> the, it just freaking... oh, dude, that was so good. I was like... <sighs> you know, it worked. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I think, fire. like everybody, I, I thought it was going to be one of those just... um, What do you call it? Just like the kids holiday whatever you just kind of mm -hmm. put a bow on it and tape it out add spongebob and it's great and i was thinking like uh it's one of those but yeah it, there was something just very different about it that caught me from the trailer and then caught me from like the way it was presenting itself that it seemed special enough to give it a try and i'm glad i did and i mean that's why it even got like oscar buzz for 2019 mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken oh, shit. um yeah i think it was nominated for best animated film. It, it was i was rooting for it but no, I did not. Which one? How, I forgot which one. I forgot which one was it. That's what I, I wanted to ask. Is this like a different style of animation? This is very different from Toy Story. It's got yeah, like a no. I'll uh, I'll kind of get into it. Okay, so the director came up with this idea back in 2010. His name's Sergio Pablo, and um, basically he wanted to do a Christmas story that was kind of talking about like the origins of Christmas because he thought that that would bring a lot of people to the kind of nostalgia aspect of like decrypting like the mysteries behind Santa Claus and all that. He wanted to do that. He wanted to add his own flair, but then also he didn't want this to be like a 3d animated film or um, anything with like a new type of CG and all that, because he says, I wanted to think about 3d as being a different art style, as opposed to being the future of animation, because everybody's jumping into that right now, but that's not what he saw this movie coming as. So everything's 2d everything's drawn the characters all had to be kind of sketched out planned out frame for frame the way um, i describe it is like a picture within a picture type yeah that it, it's, it's interesting so that you mentioned that but yeah uh everything from the background elements the back had to be drawn in to mm -hmm. create um depth within each of the scenes they actively had to draw in layers and each of those layers was pushed further and further back. So then when you add these like 30 something layers, it looks like a cave or it looks like an actual city. And it's because they're drawing layers and stacking them on top of each other. Oh, damn. So yeah, uh, this this movie stylistically just looks very different from a lot of the other like 2D films that you'll see out there. And um, when you kind of look into the care that he put into it, he knew he wanted to do something different. He knew he wanted to do a 2D style animation, but he wanted to make it feel modern and expressive. Um, which then came in this idea of 
what really separates 2D lighting or 2D animations from 3D animations is lighting and lighting techniques. You know, the ability for like a character to walk into a room mm-hmm. and be hit with light in a certain way and they, they look different. If you look, there's um, a different, this, different, this one was considered 2D. So those are different. It's, it's considered 2D, which is crazy because it feels like it has a lot of depth to it. You see characters walking from one room to the other and light hits them and then they get obscured by light. They have shadows. Right, right. And that was, it was a new technology that they were working with, that they were trying to actually do. It took two years to actually finish this film. And it was such a difficult process of actually coloring and all that, that they only finished a month till the release on Netflix whoa oh, really That's yeah <laughs> so so like real nail biter kind of like to the wire in fact the trailer was just a proof of concept that actually got netflix to want to take on the project because yeah. it was it was it wanted to be more ambitious than just a regular animation it was trying to do a new type of animation style that had lighting shading um texture tracking it, it's kind of crazy what they built into it yeah um they wanted to try this style where to separate the characters from their backgrounds and add like depth and layers to the 2D style. Um, what they wanted to do is try to see if they could implement lighting. So, so trying to implement things like a sun source or a candle source illuminating the characters, but them still staying in this kind of 2D form. Um, it was a really complicated process where they had to bring in this French company called Les Films du Potion Rouge. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> but but uh, basically they had to invent and improve this technology of teaching computers how to track 2D animation characters and teach them that each of the line sketches were for a single form. So like in 3D, hmm. you animate like an appendage, but on a 2D sketch, they're just lines on like paper. So you have to teach the computer how to look at these lines and determine that's an arm, this is a body, that's a face. And these wow. lines connect to make eyebrows, commit, uh, to create like faces. The faces are 3D, but they're not. It, it was really uh, amazing what they kind of created where then the computer would guess based on its um, calculations, what the dimensions of that character would be and how the light would hit them. So basically they animated everything in 2D. Everything looks very flat. It's kind of like those old cartoons that you would see like a, Hercules, where it looks like a character pasted onto like a background where they they don't really pop out any, but then the computer would track the the art, the painting and everything, and then would uh, track either lighting. So brightening the colors or shadows. That seems like it's something that was, you know, being not just two years. I think it was like two years. This this project uh, started back in 2010. No, but that technology, that new technology that they had. That to- new technology only perfected itself probably within the last like three years. And then oh, it okay. took two years of drawing each and every frame, basically putting the movie together, then having the computer determine where the shadows were at, where the lights are at, and oh, the oh, artist having to fine tune where the shadows were being. Because basically this was tracking the animation. That's, that's what right, all right. this technology is, is just tracking the animation and saying, add light here, take away light here, add shadows, and just following the, the characters. And then another thing... Huh? Oh, okay, go for it. No, I was going to say another thing is that to make this feel more lively, to give it more depth, uh, they also had the computer track 
textures. So if you look at like the clothing, the clothing even has a little bit of a difference from like the skin tones. The skins are softer, uh, softer. The clothing might be rougher. Uh, boxes might have a little bit more of like a grit to them. I didn't notice that, but I mean, I'm not going to notice. Yeah, sure. it, it's crazy. So, so really what gives this film its charm visually is that there was a lot of new technology being implemented to, to do this kind of like 2D tracing uh, for lighting effects, for texture effects that now, I mean, it's crazy to think that this came out last year and nobody really talked about it too much, but I mean, it's showing the progression of what 2D animation can do and that new type of art style and all that kind of stuff, you know, as far as what computers are able to computationally add on to animations, textures and all that. Yeah, uh, now, especially uh, now that you explain kind of, uh, all the different things that they had to do with uh, animation mm-hmm. and just like all these programs they had to basically discover to yeah. give it this distinct feel. Uh, that's, I, I kind of relate this movie a lot with uh, Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, uh, I gotta see that. Everybody tells me that. You, you know, it's... Oh, it's... You really do. These, yeah, these animations, uh, they, they show a renaissance, really. They show a new way of thinking about the whole, like, animation world in general. Because, I mean, like, uh, when I was looking at, like, a little interview uh, with Business Insider, which is where a lot of this information came from, right. um, he was talking about how, you know, it's it's 3D animation seems to be this idea that everybody, once they saw it, they were like, that's the next step. When you're animating now, you're not animating for 2D, you're animating 3D. Like, 3D is this next kind of, like evolutionary path for animators you know because it's easier the programs are getting better for that there's blender there's there's all these different things that you can try out but he kind of saw it as like no there's a divide you can choose to do that or you can choose to go with the 2d art style and it's depend like people abandon it because it takes so much longer that's what i I was saying like that's why people prefer the the 3d which i got used to with like toy story and all those but we're definitely seeing that now uh, with the technology being able to understand 2D tracings and track those as character models and move them around. I mean, the 2D style can come back with kind of like a rebirth. And even we saw that with like Miles Morales where part of it could have been in like 2D just to give it like a texture style, even though it's mostly in the 3D universe. And cool. even a though 90% of the film is really done in this 2D sketch for sketch, everything's there. Um, very few elements that are very hard to spot. And, and you can try, but it's it's incredibly hard to based on what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, some parts are actually 3D animated and hyperimposed in to the point that if let's say they were going to move the camera around a reindeer, they would animate one of the first few reindeers and 2D draw the rest of the reindeers just so that way they could create the parallax effect. But basically, it's still 2D. They, they only use 3D models uh, to help them accomplish some things that would have been too difficult to draw otherwise. It's kind of like what uh, what was happening with Disney at their like, uh, kind of re-Renaissance age during the 90s. Yeah. So as, as CG was getting better, like oh, the way yeah. they kind of like blend in the cg yeah like a 3d world with a lot of the drawings with a lot yeah. of 2D, uh, and, it's like superimposed mm-hmm. and uh you know with with just where these animators were at with this kind of growing technology i mean it's it's blended in seamlessly i, I mean i always like when i watched it the first time i really had trouble determining like did they 3D animate this? Like, are they like models or did they draw it because it's in this weird place? I It even reminded me like the the Disney kind of renaissance. I felt like the animation was very close to like 
the emperor's new groove and like those kind of animation styles yeah, yeah. and all that like there's there's something about it that i just couldn't place my finger on but it's really interesting because he chose this style very specifically they they offered to try to do it in like a 3d modeling and all that but he chose the style because he knew that the story was gonna feel nostalgic even though it was very fresh and nobody really heard it before and he wanted the animation to feel nostalgic like it came out in like the 90s or so like that that, that it was like a childhood kind of um cartoon where, where basically it hits you harder than i think newer animated films would probably hit you for like a santa origin story how, how can you say like it, it, there's this kind of like warmth that mm. especially with a story like this uh, which is about like the heart the heartbreaking story of people coming into selflessness and actually giving hope to kids mm-hmm. uh like for that story, the way that the side to present it helped a lot with the like this just warm, fuzzy feeling that it makes you feel like you were in this in this cabin watching this movie, like with a hot cocoa yeah. and everything in the nineties. I, I kept getting surprised at like the little way they found to tell the fairy tales of the old, like the chimney, the the reindeer. Yeah, right. Like they, it felt very fresh and very creative. That you know, like it kept surprising me. Like, oh, that's how. Okay. Yeah, right. Way in, so they threw him into the chimney. That's where the whole Santa Claus thing came. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. Like, I thought it was so fresh because I mean, you know, whenever like somebody says, "Oh, they're coming up with a Christmas movie," you're like, you can't do anything that's been exactly. done. It's, it's impossible. Um, I kind of like yeah. them. I don't know if you guys could could tell. Them. I know I love this shit about films. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> do you know which ones like do you can you guys tell which other ones like they kind of implement it in a, in a modern way okay so there was the santa claus's laugh oh, oh yeah <laughs> that one yeah. uh there was a stocking one i like the stocking one yeah the stocking one is a- which was the stocking one uh that basically he was like oh if you uh, write a letter like he'll leave it in your stockings but basically there were dogs sleeping in the house and he didn't want to have to put them in the house hey, oh like, yeah yeah exactly shove them in the socks yeah what about the naughty list are you gonna throw that stuff oh on? yeah yeah <laughs> the, the whole cold did you yeah. know um apparently the way that scene was animated is supposed to like it pays homage to like a breaking bad scene uh where like the way he's lit or so i <laughs> Look on a, oh, no, you gonna have you can what I gotta I gotta look it up again. But apparently, like the lighting was inspired from that because once they were able to implement lighting into this animation style, it gave a lot of the way that they presented the story like new life. And, I mean, you probably noticed it like when uh, he was like telling kids like to write a letter. He was like hiding in the shadows like a drug <laughs> dealer, like talking to kids and all that. Mm-hmm. All that was really because of like the lighting. But they they felt like they had that kind of freedom that they could play with now like you would have in like regular films because you know like 2d doesn't have lighting so everything's kind of like it's like putting stickers in the right position uh but this one they could put them in the shadows they can make uh like um the woodsman character come out of the shadows and look scarier and have him illuminated yeah they could they could play with a lot because of the new technology it was kind of crazy first of all what was going on in the freaking town uh, it I was, gotta get into the story. Okay, that, no, no, <laughs> let's get into the story. Let's get into the story. Uh, it it was weird because, um, okay, if you think about it, Christmas is a tradition, right? Like basically, we all celebrate because it it's traditional. But I guess it was also kind of showing us like the bad things that can come with tradition. Because basically, for them, the only reason they kept fighting with each other is not because they knew each other, just because it's tradition. It's you're tradition, just su- yeah. you're just supposed to go 
and hate that other person that you're neighbors with because they have a different last name because I guess there's like incest going on, but it's a child's film. Let's not talk about I that. Love the, like, I love how for no reason, like one of the neighbors throws some like fish to like the fresh clothes. That they oh see. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, that guy who was in the wheelchair that like the kids just like throw everywhere, like tip yeah, exactly. them off. Yeah. I love those things, man. That's what got me too. And then when they show the progression of the kids picking up the cherry and then the neighbor bringing the- Yeah, the- like that, that was- it was so heartwarming, especially like I, I remember watching it in 2019 and thinking like it was just a really nice, like fresh take. And I, I mean, I think even when I started watching it, like my family put it on, I didn't really give it too much attention. And then I like started watching it and I was like, this is like pretty good. And I think right now where it's like 2020 and we're all like waiting for something that feels nice yeah. and warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this feels good again. I like this. So, And then I love how they showed the love interest. Like I kind of like, why do they always have to have a love interest? But it made the story, you know, blend yeah. in. But it, it makes it, it was also, yeah. Those little kids just wanted to learn. <laughs> it, it was also good. Like, it wasn't like the traditional, like, oh, I want her. And how do I get her? It was like, exactly. you know, she's she's a fish hag that nobody wants to deal with. And then <laughs> and she just wants to get the hell out of there. She's the yeah, right. Like, that was that was cool. And and I mean, the, the ways they, they, they found a new way to tell the story is beautiful, dude. Yes. You know, it, it, it's that whole thing with like animated films. I mean, what that's why they can either like flop or they can be really, really good because every detail is like planned out because it's not like, oh, it just like the actor ran over there and tripped, but then it made the scene better. It was yeah, like, no, they, they, everything, especially this 2D animation, you have to plan out every single scene that you're going to be showing on the screen. When you say 2D, man, all I can think is like a flip book. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, to think that everything you're really seeing, that was all drawn out and drawn twice. There's a sketching period where they say, this is what we think that the character is going to look like in this motion. And then the second one where an artist has to go in and redefine the lines. And yeah. yeah. And you've probably had that, Yoko, right? When you're like sketching first, you have the rough... And then you have like the fine detail. I'm fascinated with that. Yeah, basically that's that's it. And then the, and the then, four other or the two other steps they added in once they finally finalized everything, or I guess the three other steps was they had to layer the background. So make each and every one of the individual backgrounds, layer it, add lighting effects that were tracked onto the background, tracked onto the characters, and then texture effects that were tracked onto the background and characters. Like that makes me want to watch it again just to catch those little. I mean. Uh, Especially like uh, what you say about the whole lighting thing, uh, you could notice that especially with all the candle scenes. No, yeah. Like, yeah, it was like this really awesome brightness to to all the characters. That, that's what I really love about this movie. Uh, this movie again, uh, since I remind uh, another reason why it reminded me a lot of Spider Man mm-hmm. is because uh, these two movies are those movies that no matter uh, what point do I press pause on the movie. <laughs> It's it's one of those frames that I would like to print out a hang because yeah, almost it, every it just looks perfect, right? I like yeah, it, it's very artistic and it looks really good no matter what frame you land on. I, I feel like it's just showing that there's a lot of ways that the industry can like really shake up animations where they don't all feel the same. And this is a really good example of how somebody was able to take what's the old techniques and re-innovate them a little bit where then it feels so fresh from like everything else that's out there. You know, there's nothing that I can even compare it to visually. And then story-wise, it's just so unique and so pleasant to kind of like experience for the first time, you know? That's what I was telling you, Komodo, like that, everything that you just said, Delo, was in the trailer. I don't know when you saw the trailer, yeah. the, the original story, 
you know, different type of 2D, 3D. I didn't know that, but now you know, like, wow, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's truly impressive. And just, uh, I really fell in love with the, the Klaus himself. Right. Um, just, he has always has this, like, this awesome kind of character design to him. Is, is that, um, is that St. Nick's story? No. There, there's so many different, that guy, like, dude, that he couldn't have babies. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that's so hard, dude. Yeah. And but that's what I was saying. Like, I didn't know, like, damn. It's a little, it's a little too real for kids. The, the losing the Mrs. Klaus, like, that was, that was depressing. That was just like, that's why you just can't think. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh man, and then uh, I think the scene that got me like tear uh, teared up was when uh, the those people—they're not like elves; they're actually like Eskimos, or I forgot oh. what they're—I forgot what they were. But I actually looked up the I tribe. Like the outsiders, yeah. No, but you look up the 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 people that they're based off of, and those people dress like that all the time, and they that that's actually how they live. Like I forgot what they're called though. Um, kind of like the Scandinavian uh, type yeah they're like a they were Indians Finnish, just because of the tents but yeah well, they are it's like a it's a Finnish kind of Native American or not Native American Native Finnish yeah. <laughs> I want to say American at the end of it but no like Native like Native people um, that I like how they use those of the elves <laughs> yeah <laughs> really good at like making toys and all that that's, that's kind of weird but that scene when um that home that was going to have all their kids and everything that that were for klaus and all that 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 they filled it up with a little like i guess i want to say elves, and for a second elves. he thought he was gonna get mad but then he was like oh because they all look oh yeah it was just with dumb. all the little workers all the little workers. I, and i like his um his progression too like he doesn't talk talks a little bit and then you just love a button. yeah right <sighs> beautiful what do you think of that kind of mystical element that I, I don't know. It, it's, it's that kind of like magic movie or magic in the movie that the wife was there, but you don't know she's there. And like, I guess kind of when it reveals that she was the one kind that of, like that she was the one and all that, that was nice. That was just like a real nice kind of I like the first one where it's the wind, um, guiding them towards the picture. Yeah. The picture that the, the, the little picture that the girl drew with the house. And then she mm-hmm. sat there. Yeah. <sighs> Telling you, man, I mean, it, it, just got me, dude. And the thing about so that good. is, it's not like uh, as magical where where you can say like, oh, okay, that was completely a ghost. Uh, ghost of her actually talking to. Like, yeah. He just uh, he, that's the way he interprets it. His conscience just tells yeah. him. Yeah, that. that's what I was thinking. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, the, uh, I didn't think it was the wife. It was just him. Like, well, I'm old. I'm going with the signs. <laughs> well, like that's do you the way. Think like, because the way it made it seem is that they just kind of go into the wind and then that's that's them they're just kind of gone but then like at the very end where he says every year i get to see my best friend and then he like sits there do you think he comes back is that what it is is he there is it is it a wind Does he get stunning every christmas i don't know like i don't think i think it's just him reminding himself of the of the stories like kind of like the same way that uh Klaus remembered his wife. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he knows that this day is the special day that they that they both built, and now like he's gone. He's like, you know what? For me, th- this is the day that I just sit down here. Uh, the these workers are doing all the other stuff, all the Santa Claus stuff. But for me, I'm at this point where I'm just sitting down in the chimney and imagining that this my friend is here. <sighs> Man. Yeah. I know, dude. I'm telling you, dude. It had a bunch of surprises. It just got me sometimes. 
but it had it just had a lot of heart to it i mean this this like i said this one just felt so original to everything else because i mean it, like even uh this past uh holiday like you know usually my family goes and we look through all like the christmas films and all that kind of stuff and just you know try to find something fun and everything after a while you just feel like man i've seen this like you know plenty of times and plenty of remakes and all that that you just you know it may it loses some of that magic but i mean this this brought it back in a very new fresh way where you know it just like you want to follow that story you know like it's just it, it was really really nice really yeah, well, well done. i'm still with the like with the original Santa with a uh, Santa Claus. What's the original film? Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Man. Tim Allen. Santa yeah, Claus. The Santa that, Claus. That's my story. You know? <laughs> yeah, I get you. Got the powers of Santa. <laughs> and uh, what can I say? Like the cool thing about uh, this movie is that it it kind of like to refer it as uh, uh, when it goes story wise, like it's kind of like with the whole zombie craze. Uh, a lot of people like uh, for a moment like you get a lot of people there, there's just way too many movies with the, the zombie thing right yeah uh, and then you get people that just say you know what screw this whole zombie this is just all of it is zombies uh, you already know how it is but then the whole thing is that sometimes it, all it takes is just that like one idea that even though you go through the same steps uh, you tell it in a different way Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah, zombies is actually not that bad, but but um, it's yeah, it's, somebody told it differently. Like I'm it's, into zombies again. So it's it's, it's, like, it's um, yeah, it's that overly saturated kind of market that that it becomes it, it's so overly saturated that everybody knows that you'll make money with it, but then also everybody knows that like nothing feels original other than the originals, you know, like exactly you have to, you have to watch the classics for every like every movie I watch is like before the 90s you know like or before the the 2000s just so that way they could be like good christmas before films the and then like, yeah. yeah yeah and like after that you're just like okay you're just part two of the good one like yeah just <laughs> why am i going yeah one of my favorite two uh, like uh lines that one of them says i think is the theme of the whole uh movie is one a true selfish act always sparks another oh yeah that one really got to me i had to write it down man because it's true <laughs> You yeah. hope you do something nice for the only one to do something nice, right? Because because of your gesture, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel like with a lot of these films, they're 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 marketed, and I think that's what we kind of get like, like we get discouraged with. I think as like film appreciators and all that uh, for like little kid movies that are teaching you like, don't steal from your neighbor because they'll steal from you or some something yeah. like that. Where you're just like, okay, it's 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 a it's a moral. Your mom told you like Captain Planet, man. I can't stand yeah. it. It's just too much. Captain Planet, like too much heart. Hey. Too much. In fact, after watching it, I started throwing lit cigarettes on the ground. You know, not even smoking <laughs> right, them, just, just like, so I could I could hurt him. You know, no. But down. um, with this one, I think it succeeded in doing what like all great animated films or films should do, which is connect with audience of every age and something like that. Especially because of the main character yeah. gesture. Yeah, Maybe, you know, a little bit edgy. Yeah, everybody's lazy at one point. Yeah, I know. You just want the the nice, easy route that's just gonna take you there. But then you realize, like, once you do something that's truly, I guess, giving and and receive that back, there, there's nothing that could change that feeling. And it it's nice. It's pleasant reminder of like being good as a person. And you know, and I like that this one wasn't focusing on like. Oh man, how's this man gonna turn into Santa? Because there's so many films like that. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for you to turn into Santa. That's all you're here for. But for this a one was like that gesture was Santa. 
when I started watching the yeah. movie, I was like, whoa, like, is this Santa? This is the... But then, you know, Cox, this... <laughs> Yeah. Person, I thought it was him. I mean, technically, nowadays, he is Santa, especially with all the Amazon packages that are out there. They're, they're, they are Santa, you know? My, man, my freaking yeah. Christmas is sponsored by UPS at this point. That's true. Amazon. <sighs> especially this year, damn. <laughs> but but it's nice. It's nice having those kind of messages where they don't they don't feel cheesy. I think it came out in a very organic way, which is something that the the um, director really wanted to emphasize. That just there's something about this style of animating and style of storytelling that feels it feels organic. And I guess it's because it's handcrafted, and you can kind of feel that through the drawings and the way that the characters move around. It just it connects with you on a way that I think there's other films that, that aren't able to do that off the bat with their style, you know? Exactly. Like, that's why I wanted to ask, like, what did you guys think of the main character gesture? I think it was a perfect. Uh, I, thought, perfect. Uh, I thought he was really good. Uh, his character was really good. And, and the, what I do love is that it is believable the way he becomes that selfish, that mm-hmm. selfless. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, it, Silver he, it is believable. Yeah. That it doesn't just kind of pop out of nowhere that he's like, oh, I better be good or Satan's coming or Krampus. But, you know, it's something that, you know, he was really. Because when he's delivering the packages, he sees the kid that threw in the snowball. You know, in the kid's movie, and he's going to put the present. He's like, screw that guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how (laughs) even the whole, the naughty nice list just came from the fact that he's petty. Like, that's great, you know, like. But uh, yeah, it, it, I like the way that he was able to kind of grow as, as a character. Exactly. But, like, even though it starts off with him being this kind of like the, the I, love this, I love the beginning, rich man. kid. Yeah, the latte, <laughs> like he, whatever he's drinking. Yeah, he's like, oh, let me bring you one, and then like claps his hands and all that kind of stuff. Like, even though he starts off like that, you really want to see where he kind of goes, and you're almost like, yeah, I yeah. love that you could laugh at him suffering because he was crappy mm-hmm. at the beginning. And then you feel for him, like when he's a better person, even at the end, when he be- kind of like becomes a dad and gets with that girl. And like, he's like a super nice, like to his kids. Like, I don't know. It just feels very like heartwarming and just, I, I love how they transition to the girl, man. The girl just yeah. wanted to leave. She didn't want to teach anything. And then the slow, how we get like the kids just want to know their names. Right. Oh, oh that, that, that was so yeah. great. Yeah. With the so kids. Like, Why did she have the coins inside the, 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 a fish a fish so nobody would steal them because that town like everybody's stealing things and throwing things and yeah so they're not gonna steal a fish <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm surprised that she even had like sales and all that she was like oh the, the <laughs> mackerels are on sailors about that yeah i guess so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I mean very very well put together film i mean it's something that i think if you want it for the holiday season it works perfectly as being originals and then you can watch yeah, yeah, that's a good way to teach any, your kids a more modern way of St. Nicholas. Yeah, like I'd rather have that story that at the end has this moral of like, be more giving, be more like whatever you do, others will do to you kind of like thing where it's just, it's really positive message, really uh, well told instead of just like, okay, when's he going to become Santa? Like, like um, I'm waiting. Exactly. He's going to be Santa. It's in the name of the movie, but you know. And then how we get the whole... Uh... The fairy tale of reindeers uh, flying. It was just an accident. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just regular reindeers. It just and flew off a cliff. In the morning. Oh, man. It was just so many gems. I'm trying to name them all. It's just it's beautiful. Uh, one thing I really like uh, here in the kid as in the kid aspects of the, in the kids in the town is that the freaky like, as ones, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 
but one, one thing I really, uh, one aspect I really liked was that basically there is this whole thing of uh, the fear, uh, not the fear, the problems of indoctrination of your kids. Oh, okay. Because, uh, so you just basically this whole town just keeps on teaching their their young ones that you have to hate these uh, these other half of the people. Oh, yeah. You have to do it, and so and because their kids are they just follow whatever the 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 their father, the grandparents say, right? Right, right. But the moment that uh that there's this event that happens when you know, you know what the kids can be actually themselves and they can actually like go for themselves and think for themselves and like you know what i wanted i want something else and like right at that moment like you can see that every single kid was wasn't really that wasn't really bad it's just the fact that they they had to be with their with their parents with that ideology and at the moment that they could break that thing and be and be all together yeah they were willing to do it that's what I was seeing with the old lady and the, the, the main old lady and the old guys, like the main guys. I don't know. Oh yeah, the, the like I guess like the mayors or whatever of their respective families, like the, heads. <laughs> the old lady was that his son or what was that? Okay, so if you if you think about it, which I mean I'm not I'm not trying to be weird. Um, everybody's <laughs> supposed to have the same last name as everybody else <laughs> in town. Okay. And this is based in the past when it was cool to date your sister, you know? Everybody was doing it. It was your cousin, you know? It was exciting, you know? The first and second cousin, you know? I think... I think honestly, they're supposed to be like the grandparents of everybody. I want to... I want to say that's like an official... Okay. Yeah, because I think they're like the eldest. So then it's like the eldest and then it's like the... It goes down the line and everybody's on that family tree. But like, I mean... Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Even we, we don't. We don't have to dabble into that. That's, yeah, that's, exactly. that's, a, that's for some other YouTube channel. You know, like go go figure it out, kid. Yeah, man. Go start your theories. Your theories. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like how it's that thing that uh you know the, the children by them doing a nice thing because they wanted toys and all that kind of stuff. It, it taught their parents and the families and their neighborhood to be caring. Like seeing that it's possible for them to care made them realize like i was there at one point where i just wanted to have fun and i wanted to have friends and that's all they're doing and yeah. it, it was nice to see how that kind of grew everything just grew so well you know the storyline with uh klaus the storyline with um chester the the his love interest what's her name what was her name i was gonna say i, I forget Turi. Dude, I like the moment where she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's your name. <laughs> the weird, that's, that's my name. Yeah. <laughs> and then she has, yeah. suddenly has that little moment of, you guys all want to learn? And then she kind of like puts her hair back. Like, oh, beautiful, dude. If I could write stuff like that. Right? It, it I don't know. That was a genuine moment. Yeah, because you you saw the name, right? It said like Anishisi, Anishisi or something. Yeah. <laughs> the name what it was. But that's my name. And you just you're leaning and just Alba played by Rashida Jones. Alba, Alba, there we go. Alba. But yeah, man. I just the story, man. I the story really got to me. I the whole 2D for sure. I didn't know about that, but the story, man. And you know, it's the postman. It's funny because like I know that there are other good like animated films that other people recommend. Like uh if Carlos is hearing my life zucchini, but um uh, I don't know. It's it's weird because when you look at animated films, you want to just think off the bat, like, 
it's one of those it's gonna have some weird childhood message behind it and i don't i don't need that right now like i got I bills to Captain pay Planet right now got yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just i'm not ready for that but uh t- to kind of break that step and and try it out like i'm, I'm glad to see when there's movies that can change my mind i'm glad like, that, that that the guy took a risk because it went 2d and not the typical like it takes a lot of balls. i mean the or risk to I mean, it was a risk. And then it was also saying like, nah, I want this to be different. Let's try a new type of technology that it was too hard for them. They needed to outsource to France. Like if that doesn't tell you like how difficult this whole 2D tracking thing must have been. Like, I mean. For sure. But um, to me, it's the risk that you're willing to take, you know. True, true. Got yeah, actually, like, you didn't want to let them down. And like you said, it was a week or a month before. It was a month before the, it actually just got uploaded to Netflix. So yeah, they were still doing it still going in the process i'm fascinated with that mentality because you could just i always compare it to like basketball you could just lay it up or mm-hmm. you could try dunking and press the crowd you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> and be that guy know, that's you know you want to be, be the legend you don't just go for the layup even if you miss if you bomb and, i don't know. And I, I like that if, mentality if, of just going for it if it had been any other type of animation style, like if they had done it the traditional 3D and all that, I think it would have went under the radar. I don't think I would have like looked at it as much. I think exactly the story would have been just as good and if I had given it a chance. But I think because it had that different look to it, it had something that just it felt different. And I mean, when you watch it, it still has that kind of special differentness to it, you know. Especially now knowing the 2D, man, the whole process that it went to. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I was going into the notes and all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to see if I missed anything. Um, oh, another fun you, fact. Actually, you, you should really watch Spider-Man because it has that same like blending of 2D, 3D type of thing. And then no the story's way. pretty good too. Yeah. No, until the we'll year. probably have yeah. a podcast episode on it because there's some facts about that one too that are just kind of crazy. Uh, I don't want that one know. in Toy Story 4, man, because I just... Toy, okay, Toy Story and 4. Toy Story 4 I, was on that one. An oh, box. that's true. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, that one, I mean, on a technical front like to sidetrack a little bit on a technical front i'm very impressed because basically what they did is that they used cine lenses that they uh like i don't even know how you would describe it but basically they recreated cine lenses in a computer so when they're capturing the animation they can say that they're capturing it on a zeiss master prime 35 millimeter at a certain aperture and all that like they they um just for the four just for four well, it's a new animation technology that Disney's implementing. I think they started implementing it in Inside Out and it went into the fourth. But I mean, oh, the fourth. I hear about that, yeah. When the fourth came out, they really implemented it. Like, there's certain type of like bokeh styles and certain type of like anamorphic effects that are captured there. And it's because they uh, simulated the look of like certain RE lenses or Zeiss. You nerds. Yeah, yeah I don't. A nerd talk. <laughs> I'm a technical guy. Like, I, 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 I love like, it, man. I love it. I'm just trying to find um, smart. <laughs> also, uh, another fun fact, yeah, just so to kind of show just yeah, uh, to show how like complicated it was putting this together. I uh, said earlier that they to create depth because they were doing this weird style where they wanted it to feel more lively than like a regular 2D animation. They didn't want the worlds to feel flat uh, and to add depth to it they um, made layers. So basically like if you look at like the caves or the hills or anything like that, it's composed of a bunch of different layers that they stacked together to give it some depth and they lighted it and all that. Well, that process in itself takes an extreme amount of time because you're trying to look at like the lighting, how it's affecting each of the layers, how that's coming together to give you this like scene that it doesn't feel too flat. Um, In total, the amount of backgrounds that they had to make um, was 3,160 scene layouts. 
So for uh-huh. every time it doesn't seem like that much, but I don't know. <laughs> get this, get this. Okay, so if uh, we're filming live action, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say if I film from one angle, I'm doing an over shoulder to you. Right. That's we're in one location. We're in like let's say a house. So I can keep moving the camera, but mm-hmm. that's just a different spot in the house because this was drawn. This wasn't animated. There was no house. Every background, every angle change, every had to be had to be a scene that they had to make and create. And every time they change to a different area, they have to keep track of what they did for this scene. So that way they could put the same elements in the next scene. So they in total. Okay, okay, my bad. I'm going a little too. Hmm. You would think they would do the 3D, 3D model of the whole room, but you're saying. Yeah. Well, this. The, and the maybe director, they did. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, the, the director didn't want it. He says, no, exactly. we got to draw it. That's exactly. why we're doing layers. We're, we're doing it so that way it has its organic feel and all that. Like he was particular about the vision that he wanted because he knew what effect it would have in the end, which it worked. Okay. I mean, we're talking about it. For sure. But yeah, in total, there were 3,160 background scenes that needed to be created. And it's just because they could have been in one location, but if they use at least five angles, that five angles was five scenes that they needed to make yeah. for that one spot. Yeah, yeah. Which makes <laughs> you think it's crazy for the like sequences that go by super fast like uh when they're doing that whole like chasing scene at the very end of the film where they're on the sleigh like how many scenes must have just like been painstakingly animated in and then just like that that's it they're gone it's just like that you don't need to worry about it anymore it's it's they need to be able to be registered to the ad yeah did you have like a, a split screen of showing like the Flintstones, the very, very first with the background, just the same? And yeah, the- <laughs> man. Like, I, I mean, I can't imagine like way, what, what throws me off is that they say that they had like, you know, let's say uh, like 25 animators and I'm pretty sure they had more. The fact that the art style stays so consistent, even though you wow. have to pass that on to somebody else and wow. they have to draw basically the same thing, right? Like that's, because everybody but, will dry it a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you would think that that would, like, show. But these guys, I mean, whatever, they must have been Ooh, on. True, 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 man. Candy cane to something. <laughs> <laughs> what about the boat guy? Do you guys like the boat guy? Which guy? Oh, you, uh, uh, Norm MacDonald, right? Yeah, Norm MacDonald. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love him. Like, but I love it. Dude, he's come out in some weird stuff. Like, I, I was looking him up to see if he came out in any other films recently. And the last film he did was something about, like, a detective dog. That's like a dog that's also a detective. And it's like, Norm, what are you doing? But, but hey, I, yeah. thought he, I thought he played a great boatman as so, far as, like, his quirks. Right yeah, yeah, I wrote it. I think it's Norm the boat guy. <laughs> Norm the boat guy. <laughs> so, like, he's... It's great. I love how like sarcastic he is with everything. Like, oh yeah, ring that bell and they'll come out the parade. They've been preparing all day. Look at that old guy up there, man. Yeah, yeah. He's oh my god. He he was absolutely fantastic. Probably like the best side (laughs) gag character that you can imagine, like an animated film. He would just show up. You got any more of those letters? Basically. Well, I I don't know if you guys have any more uh, thoughts to say on Klaus before we move into our hot new segment um, the hottest hats i like that also the uh, how the letters got too heavy and they had to switch oh yeah one horse yeah <laughs> it's a different take man it's the, the fairy tale yeah, yeah. it's super cool it, it's yeah, it, it's, it's like all those little like catching the little glimpses of like how they changed it up i mean it made it really special and, and i think they added those because 
if they didn't add those, then you would have felt like it's not a story technically about Santa, which exactly. doesn't, it, it wouldn't be the reason you're coming for it. But because they added those in, it brings you back to like, oh, the, the myth of Santa, the legend of Santa, you know. And even the wittiness of gesture when like Santa starts laughing, ho, ho, ho. Like I was not expecting that. But yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's how you laugh. Can I get another one? A little check? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The charm, man. Like you said, man, the charm of this thing is just off the charts. Yeah, oh, uh, it I forgot. has everything to be a classic. Okay, so uh, I guess, I know we've, we've done this question and it's weird for an animated film, but if you had to voice act uh, any of these guys, also, I guess, along with that question, like what's your take on the whole voice acting for actors? Like, how do you feel? Well, obviously I would like to <clears throat> gesture, but since we were talking about the whole, they had to draw them in 2D. I'm always, I've always been fascinated doing voiceover because I feel like the animators have to, like you do the voiceover, but they're in order to catch the authenticity of the word saying, they had to kind of like mimic my kind of like inflection and tonality. Exactly. That's why I've always been interested in voiceover, but you're saying I, with this one it was way different. Well, I mean it's, it's the same way plan. it's the same way as they used to do it. In fact, I don't know if this is correct or not. But from the oh. way it made it seem in the like uh what do they call they do it differently in some of them. In some well, of them they do do it the way I said it. In the notes, it seemed like they did the voice acting first, and then the animators were playing catch up. So then they were trying oh, to. Oh, like, okay. So yeah, yeah. So I was kind of. And, yeah. yeah. A lot of 2D, that's what they do with 2D. Usually uh, the actors have recorded at least like maybe a year or two ahead. Oh, really? Then, yeah, because it, animating is takes like so long, uh, by at least by hand. Uh, usually that's what happens. Like uh, That kind of makes start, sense uh, with the set animation of the characters later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because with The Simpsons, they only like record like Monday and Tuesdays, and then by Sunday the, the episode comes out and stuff like that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that with like uh, animated TV shows, they just have an insane like uh, turnaround times. Like I, I know that uh, Family Guy. I think you're talking about because I saw the behind the scenes for that one. Well, for uh, South, Park. South Park. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, South Even Park. The they they uh, like on the same day. That's when they like finish animating it, and that that's when it like airs. So when they're like trailering that, like, oh, it's gonna come out tonight at eight p.m. They finish at like five p.m. that day. Like, that's is it because of the studios or because they just want to like, capture well, that? They're just that. like that. They're just like that. That's their personality. They're just like lazy yeah. to the last day. Like, I guess you know. Yeah, I kind of like that because they're trying to stay with like the 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 the, the actors voiceover. <laughs> Yeah, up two months in, like, what was he doing when he was saying? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. and no, then the cool also, like, I always been interested with, in that. The cool thing with something like uh, South Park, so like that, is that they already have templates, so at least they already know, like, uh, oh yeah, South Park. Yeah. they these people are always their own thing, so they already kind of know the mannerisms that they're gonna do. Yeah, 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 um, something like that. And while at least with the movie, like, you only get basically that one, that one screening of that one type of character. Also, mm. like, if you were to watch the already animated sequence of them talking and you have to, like, I think, mimic that, I feel it would take way, it would take you out of the role to have to try to guess, like, wait, how are they saying it? Like, are they, are they, but I, but I think that happens also, that? too, no? You don't think that also happens? Like, I think they give somebody them the quits and they have to bring somebody out, someone, and then, hey, you gotta, I don't know. I, I think they, there I think they give them the script. I mean, there's yeah. such a thing as previous, uh, which basically in animation, uh, uh, what they do is that they storyboard like these huge segments. It's just and it's just basically kind of these rough drawings of the sketches mm -hmm. uh, of the characters. And sometimes uh, 
during the recordings, sometimes they'll put in like a little bit of of the storyboard animation, kind of like of the of the flipboard of the character, basically. So they and that way they kind of get an idea, like okay, he's moving like this, or yeah, something. There's different ways, which is pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they had to rough sketch everything and then they had to finalize the drawing where it was like just single solid lines creating the characters. So during the rough sketching phase, I can imagine that all that is there for the whole movie so they can kind of think, well, we want him to do this certain action. Let's cut out these parts, the sketches, and let's add in this part. Or That's we want him to like pop up, bring up a lantern and all that. So I think for the rough sketches, those are there. But I mean, almost as many rough sketches as the sketches needed for the film if you think about it because you you want yeah. enough to kind of show you movement style because in animation it's not only just how do they look it's how do they move are exactly. they free-flowing are they bouncy are they they heavy are they brawny they have so, all the whole rhythm with the yeah with the so i mean i think they show them the rough sketches but the rough sketches uh, are pretty fleshed out enough so that way they have an idea like where this is all going and today I learned, you want, especially once you're a professional like basically like, yeah, because I've seen some behind the scenes with I'm trying to figure out which one it was where the guy was doing it. I, I think it was like Jason Bateman or something. And the character was nothing like Jason Bateman. But then you have yeah. other ones where uh, fuck, I had too much tongue. Where you could see he was literally doing when he's in the booth, the character's doing the same thing. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like how you don't think that that's like the the actor getting into like the thing like this is what my character is doing so i gotta be doing that you know eh, I don't like know. If, they're, if, if they're jumping up and down i gotta be saying it like i'm jumping up and down like i don't know i'd imagine like that's kind of it's it's that interesting world because i mean even though we can kind of compare this to like films and other films and all that like live action it's so in its own category from the way it's made to the way exactly. it's told and everything that you just because i would i would assume that would happen like somebody got fired and the animation's already put and they're like yo but you gotta be like this i guess or you know it's not you oh weird yeah okay. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to do the other example. My bad. But, but at the end of the day, you think the character that would be really kind of fun to play would be uh, Chester? Yeah, just Chester or Chester? J- Chester, I yeah. want to say. I, I was saying Chester? Was Jester, no? Uh, let me see. Chester. Uh, it's Jesper. Jesper. There we go with the J. Jasper. 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 No, just. The just, just. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we but that's the like show. Can we mispronounce the, the name of the main yeah, character? <laughs> the, the mailman. I'd like to play the mailman. The postman. The postman. There no, yeah, man, I've always wanted a like voiceover, a witty, fast-talking character. Dude. I think that would be pretty. He fun. looks fun because I mean he goes from like his kind of like snobby, pretentious like phase at the very beginning of the movie, and then I love the sequence of uh, scenes where it's like thanks, dad, and he's just going like with the horse and it breaks down and everything. That part's hilarious. I, I just love the way that, that yeah, was yeah, all put yeah. together. For me, that always one of my favorite scenes with him, like how he looks and everything, is when the whole uh, like he's facing up with the kid at the snowball. And oh, then yeah. he dares him, like, okay, just throw that snowball one more yeah, time. Go ahead. Punch me. See what happens. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. And just the way it looks and everything. I always loved how it looked. I got to watch it again, man. Damn it. Well, <laughs> if you haven't already, viewers or Castro or Austin, um, go watch it. It's a great thing to watch to end off 2020. I, I think it was just a really nice kind of heartwarming film. And, you know, maybe put us in a positive mood to start off. 2021 with like hopefully 
you know, like hopefully things get better. I mean, you know, this this podcast will keep going. It's persevered. We're making it to the end of the year. Exactly, man. We're, um, we're yeah. Hey, what's the worst that can happen to meteor? Exactly. What's <laughs> the worst? The flu too? No, it will be fine. It's great. <laughs> Two point So I think uh, with the Watchtower coming to a close at the end of 2020, that also means that our segment, the Tower Crown has its last 2020 uh, special, right? Oh, well, it's about that time for the last for the last Tower Crown of the year. Tower Crown. Take it away, Yoko. <laughs> All right. So, since we're celebrating the Christmas and the and animation, we decided to put up a poll with uh, asking all you, asking all the beautiful people out there, uh, what was your favorite Christmas animated movie? And so, just to kind of remind the people out there, it's a tough one. Uh, these God were the options. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the first one was Arthur Christmas. I've heard it's a hidden gem. Is that even a movie? It, it, it really it is. It, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hidden gem. Uh, then a Charlie Brown Christmas. Hashtag mainstream. <laughs> also, we had How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Never heard of it. <laughs> and lastly, we had A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, wow, man. Such nice. a different one from all the other ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the audience uh, chose. So y'all voted, and these were the top two. We go, have go with Jim Carrey. Charlie Brown oh. Christmas against the Nightmare Before Christmas. Come on, man. Everybody knows you guys like the Grinch. Come on. Everybody knows. <laughs> well, there's too many Grinch, there's too many Grinch films. There's like what the Jim what? Carrey one. There's here. There's the original, oh, the the original, the Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Which is yes. a, it's a fun sequel. And then <laughs> I'm gonna let you flirt with that idea for like five more seconds and hopefully you can <laughs> shut it down. It doesn't have like an hour of padding, so ah man, I loved it, dude. I don't know. All right, go for it, go for it. It's actually Ashley's favorite Christmas film, so yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about, man. You're so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't set me straight, she will. All right, <laughs> okay, so, for this occasion, uh. We, I know Castro wanted to uh, go for the Charlie Brown Christmas, right? All right, I'll, 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 I'll help out. I'll help. Char- all right. You'll help uh, at least I remember you saying that. If that one, you'll, you'll be all over it. Hey, man, I just do it. I got two good, two solid. Okay, I, I can't. Okay, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm, I'm gonna choose the Nightmare Before Christmas, and uh, let's, let's roll with that ball. I, I don't. I think. All right. I don't think it's possible to like say. That one sucks because they're they're both. Which one? Their, you can't say which one. The nightmare? No, they're both. Of the, like I mean, they're they're <laughs> okay. cartoons. Hey, you remember you know how Castro feels about the nightmare before Christmas? You know, yeah. Let's start with Charlie. That, this is what I got to take. All right. All righty. All right. For Charlie Brown, I think it's one of those movies where I'm gonna give you a little movie business 101. Eh, maybe 102. Ooh. On you guys. It's, it, it's it's for a, a wider range of a audience. Mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas is more for a 
the cult classic for a certain audience. I don't like it. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, Charlie Brown is one of those movies where you could show it to a one-year-old or an 80-year-old. And there's nothing bad about it. Whereas but if you're 81. Yeah, 81. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got a DVD in but with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I feel like it's one of those that it scarred me when I was little. I thought it was too dark. It was just like, okay, what? Okay. It's Christmas? I don't get this. And did you know that even the director, who do you guys think directed that film? What, Nightmare Before Christmas or yeah. Charlie? Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Tim Burton. Nope. He was doing the Batman one. Somebody else had to direct it. I think so. It was his. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, like that, right? Something like that. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come back for Tiny Tim over here, Burton. Okay, and then the <laughs> second one is. Fuck oh, that one sucks. Right, uh, I'm gonna have to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charlie Brown is PG. It's G. Yeah, it's G, G. right? Yeah, it's G actually. Yeah. It's G for uh, the good Christian kids out there. <laughs> and the other one should be rated at least PG-13, man, because... It's, 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 but no, it's, I think it's actually PG. It's PG. It's PG, damn it. Yeah, no I bad knew. words. Uh, cuddly characters sprinkled throughout, you know, it's, it's just... It's too dark. Back when was PG okay, 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 okay. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me start with, I guess, yeah, opening statements man. for Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> so, so Miss, Monsieur Tim Burton, uh, this was an idea crafted by him mm, uh, from the concept. It, it, <laughs> it was the concept of, it was a poem he wrote of the concept of when you have all these really nice, like Halloween decorations for the like uh, October season. And the second October hits, they start tearing down all of these kind of like creepy crawly, like icons and, and figures and all that. And they tear all that down. And they put up these winter wonderland, Santa, very happy characters. And that kind of struck him. And that's why it was called the nightmare before Christmas, because basically it's that transition of Halloween going into Christmas and it goes away. And it's just kind of like where we idolize all these creatures. And then like once Halloween's over, that's all gone. And then you have these new idols that you're kind of looking at. And this winter wonderland, it's supposed to be a, a complete, like a complete different shift from like one day to the next. So that's what he kind of wanted to talk about and wanted to display out in his film. Um, one, it was actually the songs that were written and the music composed for the film was in partnership with the same composer from the Simpsons. So apparently oh. him and Tim Burton had always been working together like a lot. And that is he, yeah, he was able to help out for the project and claims that it was one of the easiest, uh, films to write songs for because he connected so much with the characters and like Jack Skellington and uh, this kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, like losing the spirit within him and trying to find that rejuvenation. So he really enjoyed making the songs for it. So a lot of this was coming out of a passion. And also this was all adapted from like an old, um, an old poem Tim Burton wrote. Um, another fact is that basically when this film was pitched out to like be made and all that, Disney was like, oh, okay, we're going to do 3D animation. It's going to be crazy. All the kids are using it. And Tim was like, no, you're not touching my film. Like we're, we're doing it in this old, chinky stop motion animation styling because that's, that's the way you do these films. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like Klaus in the sense that he had a vision and this is how it had to be presented. So it's, it's definitely like I was reading a book. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
it, it does fall in that weird area where you don't know if it's a Halloween film or a Christmas film, but I think after hearing a little bit about where the idea came from, it's kind of meant to be that way. It's kind of meant to be that like, I didn't never saw it like that till you said it, so that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you, you can't really say like, oh, this is supposed to be for Christmas because it has Christmas in the name. And then it's like, but it's also super spooky most of the time. Like you said, like it's not really, it doesn't really capture all audiences. There is a bit of a cult classicness to it. But I mean, that's like with all of Tim Burton's work. I think it's, it's, it's for the group that wants to see a director really kind of put his style out there and really kind of like play with the medium that he's working in. So Yoko, write that down. Tim Burton's whole classic, Charlie Brown, a true classic. A true classic. Oh, oh, way back man. in the day. <laughs> kind of like 20, 30 years. No, classic between cold classic. Just jot that down right there. Do you want to hear uh, a fun Any fact? Any counter argument, sir? Okay, well, not a counter argument, but I am going to add a fun fact to the Charlie Brown one. I, I found out that apparently they asked um, the guy, Charles Schultz, the the one who actually drew the, the Charlie Brown uh like um, comics is it charles yeah. and the creator yeah the creator of uh, the the comics they asked them hey um we're because at the time like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer santa claus comes to town all those kind of like uh, animated ones were coming out and they're mm-hmm. like can the network was like we need a uh, christmas special can you do that without batting an eye he said yes and he had never animated these characters they're they're only meant to be in like the little three panel comics so the whole big thing about the charlie brown christmas special is that he had to find out a way to make the characters move like motions like walking and turning and interacting with each other so i remember this reading was, about that too yeah it was his first like attempt at like making a film and then also uh he partnered up with what is now like one of my favorite jazz musicians, uh, Vince Guaraldi, and basically said, we just need Charlie Brown music and never gave him anything other than that. <laughs> so all the score and everything that we think is so iconic now with like the Charlie Brown, like, oh, that's the Charlie Brown music. He just kind of came up with on the spot, like as a jazz artist, like that was just him like, okay. Well, always though, the ones that hit, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. improvised. Nah, see, Charlie Brown was an experiment, but a vision... Which worked, which worked and has lasted. With, but a vision from <laughs> conception to finale, it, it, where we got to talk about The Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, this oh, guy okay. spent right. years yeah. both developing the story for it, developing his vision for it, and then also the technical mastery of the stop-motion animation being implemented for mainstream audience. I mean, that 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 is okay, okay. extremely difficult. I mean... In fact, I think he wanted it to be in the stop motion animation style. What, what's up? I told you it's not directed by him. Jot that down. Jot <laughs> that down. Jot it down, man. But it's I mean, by Henry Selick. I don't know if you said that right now. Yeah. But fine. Okay. Okay. Well, when you when you got a plan that's in like that's gonna take as long as this film. I mean, because of stop motion animation. You hear you, that? You, beep, you need. Somebody backing up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need somebody to help you out with it. But I mean, it's his vision, his story, his style. Uh, he just needs somebody to, you know, take care of the grunt work, you know, yeah, director, director. Right there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think this one just has a lot of charm in the sense that it's, it's meant to push the Christmas genre a little bit more than what everybody's used to. I think that's why it's such a cult classic because we're also used to the, Halloween special looks like a Halloween special. Christmas looks like a Christmas special. But then there's this weird transitionary period, you know. And some people call it Ooh. some people call it Thanksgiving. Some people call it <laughs> November. 
We don't know what to do with it. So he tried to make a film that really tackles this change of kind of feeling, change of emotion that goes from like, you're going from the spooky season to the overly happy season. That's a really and I think, one. I think that I'm ready for Christmas does that so well. And then it ends with a nice message, which is that everything really has its place. Everything is special for a reason. And sure, you know, like we want to mix things and we want to mash things around and try to make the best version of whatever it can be. But respecting a place um, like a tradition's place and time and not moving it around, not changing the formula that's been working. I think that's what kind of makes, you know, like it, it is special message to people that are, are trying to learn from this movie. And then also what it's trying to implement at the end. Nightmare Before Christmas. Pretty good film. Great film. <laughs> That's all right i got for you guys <laughs> okay well one question and yeah. then after this we could uh, kind of like end, end it up okay so uh tell me why why your movie uh encapsulates the feeling of being a christmas special or being that significant for christmas for kids look at look at the photo or well not for kids <laughs> Damn <in general>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at the photo and then look at his photo Okay, for those listening to audio, just imagine Charlie Brown Christmas. The first image that comes up is Charlie Brown next to a tree. Big ass tree. <laughs> Big. Wow. And, then, and then, what do we see? What do we see with a nightmare before Christmas? He's wearing a Santa is outfit. Is that is that not enough for you? Is that like <laughs> uh, anorexic Santa died like three years ago? Okay, 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 okay. This is what makes it. This is what makes it touch on the Christmas spirit. It, the red and white. Okay. It, it's not it. trying to pervert the Christmas spirit. It, it definitely acknowledges it. It has Santa. It has elves. They live in a little elf village. They make toys. They what have to. Tr- my camera died. Oh, see, that's what I'm saying. Even they didn't want to hear. It. Like, ah. What the heck? No, no, here, here, here. Okay, we're going. We're going. We're going to pause real quick. We're gonna. We're pausing for the nice solid ten hey, seconds. You were in the rhythm for your last little take on it, but so it's up to you, man. Well, well in the meantime, Caster, do you want to see what? Do you want to tell the people why do you think uh, Charlie Brown should be the Christmas special? Because that's the one that we all grew up in. I'm not just saying me, my dad, everybody grew up in. Charlie Brown Christmas was, what is it, like 60, 70, 80? It's 60s. Exactly. You know, it's yeah, the it classic a- one that teaches you about, you know, hanging with your friends. Just- <laughs> you know, the whole Charlie Brown thing, man. Okay, the whole Charlie Brown thing. Write that down, write that down. (laughs) I I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, The Nightmare Before Christmas touches upon all the things that make Christmas Christmas. The opening up gifts the night before, or the night after, uh, waiting for Santa, children being excited, putting out cookies and milk. It's got elves. But then, yeah, it's it's, it's got its creepy themes, but that's supposed to show that the two were never meant to mix. It's meant that when Christmas comes, it's special because that's its season, that's its time. And when Halloween comes, that's its time and its place. And it's okay that the two don't mix together well, but that, you know, they're they're meant to highlight each of the season, what makes them special. That's from somebody coming that likes it. That's the culture. That's the, the audience. You're part of that small little you, marginal you make it i feel like you're about to end that sentence with you're the scum of the earth <laughs> that just crawls around seen on this underwear of land. i've i've seen you guys at hot topic raiding the shelves yeah, of you blue hair nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare before christmas merch so yeah what, what is it all right so any last words before i actually give up my talent Charlie Brown's bald changed my mind. 
Charlie Brown's bald. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> got some 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 lines there. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything? No. All right. So in that case, the winner is. Wait, 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 wait. Give me a second. Give me a second. It is. Oh! <laughs> okay, get that to the before oh, Christmas. No, no, no. You just yes! Harvey! Yes. You just pulled a Steve Harvey on me! Oh That's my god. god. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? Yoko. Nah, Yoko, Yoko, you can't do that, Yoko. Real quick, real quick. I, I was gonna say. Rules, I'm the one that won because that's the first one that came out. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. For the first time, I've realized that even if I do research, even if I put up as many points as I can, even if I have to fight for a Halloween special that's also a Christmas special, like I did all that and I still lost. That just means that Tower Crown's rigged. <laughs> no, 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 I know. No, I was no. about to say. I was about to say it's rigged. This whole thing. And they, they put the- I gotta be honest. I've never watched the Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> that's why I was like, what? the last thing that you asked me. The last thing you asked me. I was like. Fuck, I haven't watched it. As long as you bullshit Wait a minute, wait a minute. You even said I'm standing for my boy Charlie. What what the heck? I did the research on the movie. I didn't I haven't watched it. Dude, the movie's 20 minutes. <laughs> Watch it now. I didn't know it was 20 minutes. Yeah, basically, okay, basically. So that's what where happens. Yoko got me at the end. I was like, damn it. I went through the whole thing without him asking me. <laughs> That's awesome, man. The fact that you stood toe to toe. Because you had a lot of good shit, dude. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense for sure. Yeah. Well, that Charlie Brown rhythm one. And actually, I mean, right from the beginning, you established that uh, that it is a passion project. And, and that oh, itself, even though it charm that until now, it lasts. It keeps on lasting towards a lot of generations. Exactly. Um and while you did try to stand up for like, hey, uh, Charlie Brown is is a staple. Uh, I'm trying, man. It's just it wasn't enough to convince me that it, that it was a superior one. Well, I saw the picture came out first, so that's how I'm gonna take it. So. Well, like <laughs> I, I mean, I uh, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, you're, you're gonna you gonna trump it. You're gonna trump it where? Yeah, hey, man. We can't. We were winning at 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How did that shift just? Ah, there's something there. <laughs> no, with the with the Charlie Brown special, like I I think I've watched it like every year for Christmas. Uh, that because makes sense. It's, all, it's only 20 minutes. I feel bad. No, but uh, with that one was like basically there's something about the sound of it that I always loved, and I think. That's what helped me kind of get into like jazz and appreciating jazz. But I've yeah. always come back to like him because he just has such a nice style to him, that Vince Guaraldi. And uh, it's crazy how like really out of a fluke, he created the sound of Charlie Brown Christmas because he was just like, oh, I need something jazzy and Christmassy. And then he just starts playing like his music. And it's like, okay, that's that's now a staple in every household. Like, and, good God. It's kind of like Bob a risk. Ross that been a risk. Yeah. I mean, it's, all, it's always about happy little accidents sometimes. Exactly. I mean, I'm with that, too. Isn't it odd how, like, just how many films, like, it's kind of like the animated ones, are just, like, these little flukes. Like, the the Charlie Brown Christmas shouldn't have been a thing. Honestly, I think it might have even been completed, like, probably, like, two weeks before it had to be aired on, like, national television. Like, it was one of those. Yeah, it was one of those where, like, they they drew it and they were like, well, what do you do with Charlie Brown? It's like, well, let's just make him buy a Christmas tree and we'll call it Christmas. It shouldn't have been a thing, but it did, and now it's a phenomenon and that was that was the first special in case you didn't know like 
out of all the Charlie Brown whatever's they've made, that, that was the first one. I kind of said that, you know, I was yeah, you got it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for these watching filmmakers. I'm not going to use the quote from the other podcast. These <laughs> aficionados <laughs> of cinema, these appreciators of, of the moving pictures. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for uh, this this year, 2020. I, it's been Oof. wild to say the least, but uh, we we all made it through. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. Hopefully, everybody's safe and happy and healthy, and we're all going to go into the next year, and things will get better, I believe. But uh, thank you for mm-hmm. joining us. I mean, if you found this podcast this year, or if you've uh, been keeping track of our other podcasts since, I mean, it's not like there was a podcast. Uh, this was a podcast from 2019. So no, but but we year. we had we had the the Tower Cast. So if you followed us from the Tower Cast, oh, okay. and you came to the Watchtower, <laughs> and you you like what we're doing, and thank you for continuing to vote and everything like that. Uh, thank you to all the listeners on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, um, Anchor, Anchor, wonderful sponsor. Um, Austin, thank you for sponsoring us. Austin, <laughs> you were the only Christmas present I wanted. Oh, Coming to show his presents from the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that about wraps it up. Thank you for joining us again. This has been an amazing episode talking about Klaus. And we're excited for what's coming next year. A lot more movies to talk about. A lot more to be debating about. So also, keep uh, voting. Comment down below. You know, what, what new hair color do you guys want below for 20? Yeah. You know, who knows? 2020, the year I go bald. It's, it's a mystery. <laughs> it's up there. Uh, but from all of us to you, Yoko's mic just died. Give it a minute. You'll realize, Yoko, your mic died. No, your, your mic actually died. What, what do you want to do with Mike? Hello. Hello. Hey, Hello. Yoko. <laughs> there you go. What were the last words? Uh, well, just in case if nobody knows how to lip read. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe 2021 will be the uh, year we actually review the cable guy. Oh, we didn't have enough time for 2020. They're right. Dang. Uh, well, that about does it for these film appreciators. Thank you for listening to the Watchtower podcast. More to come next year. Please follow us on any podcasting platform. If not all scouting platforms, we're also going to be on YouTube and we have an Instagram out, uh, the Towercast Network Instagram that you can keep up to date with all the podcasting information that's going to be coming from us. Who knows? Maybe another podcast, maybe more film appreciation, more guests. You're going to have to keep tuned. Uh, Thank you guys for watching and we'll see you again next time. Take care. New Year, guys. Love you guys.